0: Hello, I'm Madeline Kidd, the news editor of the Daily Eastern News, and this week I am hosting the News Desk.
1: I'm Corinne Brock. I am here with Madeline. I'm the editor-in-chief of the Daily Eastern News, and I'm very excited to have you guys listen to my voice again.
0: (laughs) So... This week, our print edition covered mental health on campus and the current state of our counseling clinic and just different topics like that. And so for the podcast this week, I had the idea of just covering kind of the mental health of journalists and even just student journalists because we're a bit younger and newer and maybe not expect so much. So just different things that can affect us and different things that we a cover that might have impacts that not necessarily everyone thinks of when they're reading the news story or watching the TV station covering that. So um, I know for a couple of things, uh, we have a scanner uh, that has the our county's dispatch going in our newsroom, so we know things that are going on, so we hear different things like car accidents, which we covered so we can tell people, hey, these roads are closed off for a period of time. So just a heads up, you might need a detour if you go this way. And then others of just calls of uh, possible suicides, uh, just other accidents that don't involve vehicles, Um, just different things like that, that we might hear or just uh, deaths that are close to our community as well. And Corinne is a longtime DIN member. This is her fourth year. So she <laughs> has happy. more experience covering those things.
1: Um, yeah, I can talk a little bit. Um, first, with the car accidents. I could not tell you how many times I've heard 1050 go off on that scanner. Uh, for all of the civilians out there, that's a car accident. Um, so I hear that a lot. And I know this year we had a pretty big car accident, seven seven vehicles involved, uh, one fatality, um, several injuries as well. And it was a, a pretty big car accident. We drove up on there. Um, and it happens at everything that I've gone to, car accidents, fires, things like that. Or my stomach just drops whenever we drive up because it's just so much to take in. It's like you don't know what to focus on. You want to try to figure out what's going on so you can tell people. You want to know how long it's going to take for the road to get cleared so people can, you know, know to avoid the area. So it's a lot, um, and you're making a lot of split-second de- split decisions. You don't know um, how people are going to react to those things. I know some people are not a fan of uh, car accident coverage, fire coverage, things like that, but they are really important to the community, So, especially with local journalism. So you know to avoid areas whenever it's really going to be a hindrance if you're going through there um, and different things like that. So um, and those usually are not... They don't have the biggest impact on me. Um, it it is just a lot to take in and Madeline was there for a car accident that happened over unofficial weekend that she could talk a little bit about. We were both there for that and that was a big one as well.
0: (laughs) Yes, during unofficial we did ride alongs and I got to ride with the Charleston Fire Department. So I was in the ambulance when we responded to this call and on the call, you don't get much information. So all we had was two vehicles, possible broken wrist, no other known injuries. So that that's a very broad area. So mm-hmm. just driving up and not being a paramedic who normally does this thing, um, I was not expecting for the damage to the vehicle or to hear uh, the woman's who, uh, it was more than just her wrist, it turned out, from about her elbow to her wrist hand area, it was described to look like an S. Um, So she was in a lot of pain, very fair amount of pain. But and because she was in that pain, uh, she was crying. She was reacting to any time the ambulance had a bump or maybe turned in a way that her arm moved. Um, And it was just really hard to hear her pain and know even though taking her to the hospital is helping her. It's like you can't just you can't fix it. You can't put a band-aid on this mm-hmm. one. Um, but to also not just show up to the car accident, see the damage, see the people expression, their emotions, their, um, pain. Uh, also the ambulance journey as well kind of hit me a little. I didn't know how to handle that. Um, And it was a minor thing, thankfully. If it was a bigger thing, I don't know Mm -hmm. how well that would have gone for me, just not knowing what to do, even though I'm not actually, just to be clear, I did not do any (laughs) medical work. When I say I don't know what to do, I just meant like reaction wise and just how to keep my thoughts together. Madeline is Um, not a
1: trained paramedic. I am not. She cannot give you medical advice. Do not ask her.
0: (laughs) Please don't. I don't know anything. (laughs) Um, I know about journalism and that is it. And I'm still in training for it. So that was a bit harder to hear and just um, listen to her pain and her cries. Uh, So that was a bit harder on me. And then also another thing when Corinne was talking about, it's a lot to take in, uh, photographs and videos. Do not cover it because they give you a focal point. When we're out there, we don't have that. Mm-hmm. You got this, you got potentially sirens. If those are still going off, you got a lot of lights. You got p- potentially people crying. You have onlookers. You have damage. You have police officers trying to construct where people can and can't go and trying to get traffic flow working as well as it can. There is a lot happening there. And so it can be a lot to take in, even if it's a minor thing, if it's just a fender bender. It's still, you see airbags deployed mm-hmm. when you pull up and you go, oh God.
1: Well, and whenever you get there, it's really hard to tell if it's, you know, a serious accident or uh, not as serious a lot of the times just because um, people get really shaken up really fast and you and ca- don't know. And how cars bad. get damaged. Yeah. No. Sometimes
0: cars can get very damaged in the person. No, not a scratch, not a mm-hmm. bruise. but I car. prefer that a hundred percent.
1: Every single time I'd rather see somebody's car torn to hell and see somebody yeah. damaged in the slightest. So. so
0: it can be a bit harder to have that. And then also just, you also, even if you don't think about them, your brain still has those mental images. Mm-hmm. So I know um, later on, on the scanner, when we hear a car accident on I-57 and a car is in a ditch, like recently when we had bad weather because mm-hmm. Illinois weather is really coming for us anytime, <laughs> There was a SUV or large vehicle in the ditch on I-57. I text my mom saying, hey, are you home? Are you out and about? Where are you? And my brain brings up those images of those damaged cars. Mm -hmm. And I'm imagining my mom's vehicle. And I'm imagining my mom and my brother in there. And my little brother might be 17, but he's my little brother. Mm -hmm. And if he is hurt, we got some problems here. (laughs) Uh, So you
1: talked about unofficial and like being um there and obviously that's kind of like a a different circumstance than what we're usually Mm -hmm. in. you know we're usually not with somebody in a Mm ride-along um and so while we don't have those experiences um there's still a lot that happens that you're just you know taken aback by um and there's you know just Mm -hmm. there's a whole bunch that you have to take in and then on top of that Whenever we get there, we're not like onlookers or anything. We have a job to do and we need to do it effectively and we need to do it quick so that we can make sure that we're helping um, minimize damage um, in that case. Um, I think one of the biggest things that bothers me whenever I'm out there, I know I said it doesn't really affect me like mental health wise, um, but I will get so, so, so upset whenever I go out to car accidents and things like that. Because there will be people there just laughing and joking and just staring and it's, I think it might be a little bit different for me because whenever I'm going out there, I'm going out there expecting to see something bad and I'm expecting, you know, that I need to, you know, be prepared for the worst. And then with that seven vehicle accident, I remember walking around um, and there were people making jokes about the car accident and, you know, just making a lot of really ridiculous statements and it's hard to keep your cool whenever people are doing that it's so frustrating to hear people especially whenever you're watching all of this other stuff happen around it where you know people are somebody lost their life at that accident um and i saw a woman (laughs) walk up and pretend to um be connected to that car accident Like, she knew the person that had died, walked up, started screaming, fell to her knees, and then just got up and walked away. And there's just nothing (laughs) funny about that. I think that's a really frustrating aspect of it um, for me. And then there's people that um, will oftentimes come to things like that and um, act as if they are... um, journalist and act in really inappropriate ways there's a specific person that i've seen several times um where he will just make bold assumptions and go around to every single onlooker and tell them that that is fact and that is exactly what happened and i have seen exact things that he has said to me spread so fast on social media and i'm like that didn't happen (laughs) i promise he does not know what he's talking about
0: that that's another harder thing when responding to calls it's less mental health and emotional well-being of yourself and also just keep cuz essentially just like when we're writing we have to be objective we don't we don't put our opinion we don't put our thoughts our feelings into it mm-hmm. and when you're out there covering things the same thing occurs and in person that can be extremely harder than when you're writing on mm-hmm. your laptop I, saying what I, happened
1: <laughs> I'll be honest I can I wrote a story pretty quick on that and you know, I'm always ready to write those stories and get that stuff out. Um, but that one was harder for me to bite my tongue on. Specifically, the person I was talking about, he was there and he was telling people that there were dead bodies in some of the cars and things like that. And I was like, what? What are you doing? Like, this is a, a horrible incident in and of itself. You don't have to add to it. There's yeah. nothing beneficial from that. So I think that that's also something that ties into it is that um, specifically as for student journalists, we're out here trying to learn. Yeah. And then we're also combating uh, people just walking up and lying. Yeah. I don't know what's fun about that, but um, maybe it's just the journalist in me. I don't
0: know. <laughs> yeah, the playing playing journalist slash what I would call actually gossipers. Yeah. Can make things really difficult and make things difficult not just for us but the general public that we essentially serve. Because mm-hmm. that's that's what we do. We report to the public. What is happening mm-hmm. is our job. And so when people interfere with that, that can also be really upsetting. I know on previous stories and before, we've had people comment, well, that's not what happened. You're a liar. And I've watched it impact a person who wrote it. Mm-hmm. And they start questioning everything they wrote in that story. Just, well, is any of this right? Is it, did I do everything wrong? And they're a freshman. And so I'm here as a junior like, no, you didn't. Let me tell you what happened. And so you are you are in the right. The commodore was not correct with what they said, or maybe they were. We don't know. But what you said was the right thing. Mm-hmm. And that's what matters. And so that's another way that mental health of journalists can just be impacted, even if it's just a 24-hour upset thing we are in college, we're, we're notoriously st- stressed out. Um, and then on top of that, we're doing a full-time working environment. And so even just a 24-hour mental health thing can impact us a lot. Um, I know sometimes on the scanner, when we have potential suicides, those can impact me a lot, depending on the day. Um, so Because those are a very serious thing. And I obviously don't want anyone to be dead like I don't want anyone to die I don't want anyone to be in a situation where they feel like they need to take their own life but mm-hmm. that, that's a horrible feeling to have I've I've had those thoughts before of just my with my own depression and I've heard other people who have depression express that and I don't wish that on anyone and I just I'm also a person who just wants to help when especially when I can't mm-hmm. I just want to make it better, and I don't know these people. This is just a dispatcher saying, re- calling to the ambulance and the police, a possible suicide at this address, and that's all I get. But that's enough for my brain to go, please no, mm-hmm. please don't. And I don't know this person. I don't. I don't have a weird address book of every resident of Charleston or Coles County where that tells me their name. I don't need that. All I need is that there's a situation happening. That's a very serious thing. And so those in like a couple days later, that doesn't, I'm not affected by that. But even just in that initial moment, there is an emotional well-being part of me that isn't okay. Mm -hmm. Like this, this isn't an okay situation. And it doesn't always have to be a sad one. It can be anger in response to people lying, Mm -hmm. to spread a false narrative, just to get a reaction out of people. It could be different things like that. And that's just kind of the mental health and also just being a young adult, trying to figure out our lives. Mm -hmm. And it can be a lot for us and it can be a lot for adult, adult journalists who are fully grown. They've been doing this for years. But they they see some very serious things.. Mm-hmm.
1: I know I've heard um, sometimes on the scanner where it has just torn me up. I know my sophomore year. Um, there was a person in town that had taken their own life um, and usually uh, they don't do too much over the radio over the scanner after they respond to things and realize that it has come to that. Um, and I think that somebody forgot on that one to have it so it wasn't going over the you know public scanner um so i was listening um as the officers that had responded were trying to resuscitate him and it was too late um and it was really painful to hear the their voices and um just hearing them secondhand experience that um, and I think that it goes to prove also just how much first responders go through whenever they're responding to those things. I think a lot of times people um, kind of downplay, and I that's definitely not the same thing, but I think people downplay oftentimes um, what journalists go through whenever they're seeing yeah. those things um, because in that case, obviously, that's not something where we would also be experiencing the same things, but car accidents, fires, things like that. We aren't out there trying to help anyone or anything like that, but we are there. We're witnessing everything happen. Um, and a lot of right. the times we're still listening to the scanner and we yep. we know exactly what's happening. There is nothing that we can yeah, do. Yeah, because
0: there are people who will go because they see the lights, they hear the siren, they want to know what's going on. But we hear on the scanner or we find out the next day with the coroner's report or the police report and what happened and in a way, I don't think we're first responders, mm-hmm. but in a way, we're kind of second responders because we're also secondhand being impact because we're out there getting the information, but we need it for a different reason mm-hmm. than first responders. So obviously they get it first and they get a visual reaction to it that we typically don't have unless what they're um, responding to is out in the open. And even then, they try to block it just because they know people shouldn't see it. So in Mm -hmm. a way, we're second responders who also don't really have the resources. First responders do because it's been acknowledged that, hey, you see some serious things. So maybe you should talk to this person. Well, and even
1: then, I don't think that first responders have the resources that they need a lot of the time. I don't think that they get half of what they need because, you know, it's a very traumatic job in a lot of cases. Um, and I know Coles County isn't going to see insane amounts of crime or anything, um, or a lot of the things that people in more populated areas would see, but they do see a lot. Um, specifically, I notice uh, going back to the scanner, whenever uh, seasonal affective disorder is going in full swing, um there's a lot of suicide you have to talk to these people a lot of times you have to talk to them when they're in the absolute worst time of their life and i don't think that a lot of people um see that side of the first responders um and see like the really nitty-gritty things that they see i know um a lot of the times we hear ambulances getting dispatched to psychological evaluations i can't imagine what that has to do to them um Just hearing, um, you know, hearing from these people that are going through a really rough time and trying to figure out what you can do to help them. If you can help them, you know, a lot of the times they can still refuse your help. um, And even whenever you want to do your job, they really can't. Um, So I definitely feel for them a lot. Um, I know that that's that's definitely got to be really rough for them. Um, and we've already kind of talked about it, but, um, we do hear, you know, deaths and things like that. Um, people will oftentimes call 911, um, if they find somebody dead, you know, like older people, um, Mm -hmm. things like that, instead of, uh, like the coroner or something like that. So we hear things like that too. Um, and one of the biggest parts of our job is, you know, talking about, Uh, important figures I know I've covered several deaths while I've been here some students some former faculty um, and it's definitely it takes it all on you whenever you're um, getting into the lives of these people I've there's been three student deaths that I've covered that I really dug deep and talked to their friends um, sometimes their family and just you know learn about these people so that I can share with uh, the community that doesn't know them as well uh, who that person was and why um, why we need to talk about it you know especially with student deaths um, I talked with mostly uh, students um, about their friends and you know these are young people that you're not expecting
0: something like that to happen they're never expecting if they're You think at our age that if you're going to experience a close death, it will be an older relative. Mm -hmm. Or maybe if you're really close to a faculty member and they're older, maybe it'll be them. You don't expect it. I never will expect it to be someone I'm close to my age Mm -hmm. or even just 10 years older. Because you're not, we're not expecting those kind of things at this age. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of startling when it does occur that even if you don't know them, just to know someone in the community uh, passed passed away and they're your age. And then you start wondering, well, this is what I'm doing every day. What do they do in their day-to-day life? Mm-hmm. But, but now they're not because they're gone. And that's kind of an impact as well. And something you talked about getting to know the students who died like you know, talking to their friends, their family, uh, their teachers, anyone, the people who knew them. And because we're not here to be so-and-so died at blank and this is when it happened and this is where and call it a day. Mm-hmm. We, you want to, the people want to know who they were, who what they did, what what happened, what they did every day, what they were wanting to do in the future because we're young. And we're planning for the future. We're not, our lives aren't supposed to end yet. Mm -hmm. And so when that happens, people want to know who they were. And so we have to find that out. But the thing with that is that in a way, we suddenly know them, but we never got to meet them. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And it's a very odd feeling to have to know someone. And know their face so well from photos, and know what their friends ta- sound like, and you don't know what they sound like, mm. is a very odd situation that is difficult to process.
1: I know two years ago, there was a student that um, had died, and it was unexpected, and I, I don't think that they ever really found out what it was. It was just really sudden, um, and I talked with Uh, his fraternity brothers and you know just hearing from them who he was as a person was just it's incredible and I think about it a lot whenever things like that happen is there's so many people that we just don't know that you know I could see somebody walking up and down the campus one day and then the next day I'm getting an email or something like that where you know student died Um, and you don't you don't know those people but then like Madeline said, you really have to go in and you have to learn about those people because I think we would be doing it a service if we didn't um, didn't really talk about who they were. Um, I think that that's one of the harder things about um, being a journalist and especially being a student journalist, but um, it's also one of the more rewarding things where you get to share who this person was. Um, you get to tell other people, um, just about how special they were to all the people that are in their lives. And I think that that's something that really draws me to journalism is being able to tell those stories and being able to talk about those people. Um, Because I think, I think a lot of times whenever people um, think about how journalists cover death, they think, you know, they're just trying to get views and Things like that. um, but it definitely means a lot more, I think, to any journalist doing, especially
0: that. local journalism. Mm-hmm. It is a very different meeting. you You just want the community is mourning, and a lot of them don't know necessarily who it was. Mm-hmm. but they're in pain because this is their local community. We're not a big space. Like I like there's plenty of people we don't know. But we're not a large population where it's like a big city like Champaign or Chicago where there's more I don't know at all that it's not really something that might affect you. But to hear someone in your community, someone who lived 10 miles from you when there's not that many houses within the 10 miles is gone. There is a pain there and you want to know who they were. Mm -hmm. You want to know that. And it's kind of, in a way, a sense of closure for those who have never got to meet them. But they're still mourning.
1: Yeah, that's, like I said, I think that it's definitely, I would say for me, the hardest part of doing everything that we do. Um, But it is the most rewarding um, because I, if I was on the outside looking in, I would not be able to learn about these people the way that I do and I wouldn't be able to just walk up and say hey tell me about your friend that just died yeah. <laughs> you know that's that's on something that people should do i can't say can do but it's not something that people should do um so it's really it means a lot to be able to go out and to talk to people and to hear from them just about how incredible somebody that you've just never met was. Um, I know that we experienced that this year. Um, And it was definitely really hard on the staff. Um, But I am really grateful that we were able to cover it in the way that we did, Um, because it affected a lot of people um, from all over campus. Um, And I'm really happy with the way that we were able to portray that student um, and tell his story and who he was and how much he meant to the people around him. Um, I know I had a story this week um, with the athletic director, Tom Michael, um, talking just a little bit about student athletes um, and their mental health after that. And something that he said to me was really, that really stuck out to me was a lot of the students this year, that was the first death that they had ever experienced with somebody that was close to them or semi-close to them um, in the same circle as them. Um, and you have to figure out how to work through that. Um, and he was telling me about how the athletic department does that and how they handle things of that nature. Um, And it clicked with me that we don't really, we didn't really have that same outlook whenever we were handling it from A student journalist perspective because that's not talked about at all (laughs) Um, and you don't you don't talk about the things that you're going through because it's really been taboo for a long time until the last couple of years I didn't hear about it until we had a alum come back and talk with us and share uh, some of the trauma that he had gone through covering a big story in Texas Um, so you don't really hear about it that much how much it affects people Um, and I'm really glad that we were able to talk about that this week just because Mm -hmm. um, it's an important topic I think it's an important topic in every field um, and I think that more people should talk about it hint hint nudge nudge wink wink anybody listening (laughs) uh, you know ask how people Mm -hmm. are doing talk to them about things because there's things in every field that can really affect people um, whether it's something as small as stress, you know, death, um, there's, <laughs> there's a wide array of things that can happen in any field. And it's really important to talk about those things because when you don't, that's when it gets to a point where you don't want it to. Um, and we've talked about that in the newsroom is I want people to be as open and as honest about their feelings as they can be because I, I want it to be a place where that's not Taboo um and something that we can talk about with each other and I think that we've got a really strong bond in the newsroom so that's something that we do talk about often um and check in with each other and I hope that a lot of people are doing that this week um and you know so on and keep going don't just stop this week
0: we might be getting the conversation of being more outspoken with mental health but I am very positive that this is only the beginning and we will continue to do that. Maybe there'll be even more uh, journalists covering mental health or even just saying, hey, this, this impacted, going to their editor, being like, hey, I'm not doing okay. This story really hit me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was our goal this week on the news desk.
1: And thank you so much for joining us. Like I said, I'm really happy that you guys got to listen to my voice again this week. Um, Very exciting stuff. (laughs) Uh, Make sure you're nominating people for DEN Person of the Year.
0: We have several categories, so
1: just to plug that real quick. You
0: can find that form link on our website or our social medias.
1: And I would love to see who you guys think should be Person of the Year because I think we've had a lot of really awesome people on campus that deserve some recognition, so don't forget to drop a suggestion. Uh, and thank you so much for listening this week and you we will see you next week